covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. We are powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. I'm your host as we come your way during another week of the offseason. And this week we actually do have a few more things to talk about. I wouldn't say it was a busy week this past week for the Brewers, but uh, a couple notable things did occur, and we'll get into that over the course of the program today. We're going to be joined by uh, Kyle Osneski. He is going to be our featured guest. He is the uh, editor over at Brew Crew Ball, and uh, always like having the Brew Crew Ball folks on uh, the program, and uh, we get the head honcho today. So look forward to talking with Kyle here in just a little while. Our normal housekeeping things to deal with. First off, if you do listen to the program on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever you uh, choose to call it, if you want to take a moment and leave a review for the podcast, that'd be fantastic. Uh, Leaving reviews is good for us being able to uh, move up and be more accessible when people search for baseball podcasts and things like that. So uh, any uh, any review that you might leave, that's great. Uh, the other thing that would be great is if you have something that you want to say to me, reach out to me. You can do so on Twitter by tweeting at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. You also have uh, the option of dropping me an email, matt.pauley, M-A-T-T dot P-A-U-L-E-Y at WTMJ.com, matt.pauley at WTMJ. So the big news this week is the Brewers uh, shore up a little bit more of the roster going into next season and uh, a couple guys coming back that it was not guaranteed that they would be back this upcoming season in catcher Stephen Vogt and also uh, pitcher Jeremy Jeffress. For uh, Jeffress, he agrees to a one-year deal at $1.7 million, which includes a $50,000 signing bonus, and the Brewers also have club options in 2019 and 2020. So essentially his arbitration years have been bought out, and either he'll either the Brewers pick up those uh, options going forward or he is uh, or he's basically let go. So no more arbitration for uh, Jeremy Jeffers moving forward. And also the team uh, re-signs Stephen Vogt to a one-year deal worth just over $3 million. Seems like both these individuals gave the Brewers a little bit of a discount. Not a huge discount, but a bit of a discount. If they would have gone to arbitration, uh, you would think Jeremy Jeffress would have made a little bit more than that $1.7 million. You'd think that uh, Stephen Vogt would make a little bit more than the uh, just over $3 million. But there's no guarantee that if they wouldn't have agreed to those deals that they would have been tendered a contract where they end up uh, going to arbitration with the Brewers. The Brewers might have simply non-tendered them, making them free agents, and then all of a sudden having to uh, compete with uh, other people out there or the other free agents who are out there. So two good moves. Uh, also, Corey Knable, Jimmy Nelson, Ernan Prez, Jonathan VR, uh, they are tendered contracts as well. So if no uh, sort of deal is done with them, they would head to arbitration. Generally, you don't want to head to arbitration. It's just it's an uncomfortable situation for all parties involved because uh, the the team has to argue against why basically saying why you don't deserve the amount of money that you've asked for and they put together an argument where they put you down. It's not something you want to do with one of your guys and we've seen some 
uh, some unfortunate situations. A lot of times, you say what you want to pay them. They say what they want to get paid. You find like that middle mark, and a deal gets done. That happens a lot. So I, you know, who knows? The Brewers could go to arbitration, uh, but I would think that there's a pretty good chance that uh, deals will get done pre-arbitration with any of these guys. And for folks like Corey Knable and Jimmy Nelson, I'm sure the Brewers would like to lock them into longer deals. Now. They have agents who you know are going to want them to get paid, and obviously it's not you know it's a lot easier said than done. But uh, either way, having all those guys back with the club, I think it makes sense. There's a lot of chatter out there that the Brewers could upgrade at the catcher catcher position. They could, they absolutely could. And Stephen Vote, uh, there's some parts of his game that he needs to shore up, especially on the defensive side of things. But He's a nice bat to have. He's not, you know, as a backup catcher, he's not going to hurt you too terribly much. And he was good in the clubhouse as well. You know, Eric Sogard and Stephen Vogt were both very good in the clubhouse last year. They both get brought back. Jared Hughes was good in the clubhouse as well. Uh, he does not get brought back. He is non-tendered. We don't know if the Brewers offered him a deal that uh, he turned down because he thought he could make more money. Uh, his his baseball card numbers this past year were pretty good, and that's probably going to uh, turn into. To, uh, a pretty good contract for him. So there was no pressure for him. I, he's going to be fine on the free agent market. Pitchers generally are. I don't think there was any pressure for him to give a discount to the Brewers. Well, maybe there was a little bit more pressure with a Stephen Vogt, with a with a Jeremy Jeffers. And someone like Stephen Vogt just wanted to stay with the Brewers. And that's the other thing that we're starting to see in all this. And it's when you're, when you're the Milwaukee Brewers and you can't spend as much money as other folks and there's some other areas where you're, you're lagging a bit. One area where they're not lagging is individuals' desire to be part of this team, at least the ones who have experienced it. And I think Craig Council is getting a really good reputation as someone that players want to play for, and that helps. And I, I've talked about it before, and I'm sure it will continue to be a narrative going into this upcoming season. Um, I, I remember talking with... Um, with Craig Council on one of my Brewers Weekly shows on air on WTMJ. And we talked a little bit about the fact that he's very comfortable allowing the players to be who they are, letting them be individuals. And that's where you get kind of some of the craziness. And I know there's some people out there that, you know, they see the smiles, they see the fun that everybody's having, and they think that, you know, you, you can't be doing that during losses. And I've never once thought that, these guys having fun and being able to show who they are as people has lowered the the competitive spirit that they have. But what it does is it just it creates a very good atmosphere. And so far, this team and this organization has really done a nice job of fostering a good organization and a good atmosphere. What's going to be interesting to watch, and again, we don't know how this is all going to play out because the Brewers are going to continue to develop talent, have that talent play at a young age, and they're going to lose some guys. They just are. You know, the there's going to be more Prince Fielder type situations where guys, where the Brewers don't have the money to sign guys for long term deals, and they end up losing. Now they're going to have some money. There's going to be some guys who stick around. We've seen Ryan Braun obviously stick around, uh, but. Uh, what's I guess the point I'm trying to get to is one thing that's going to be interesting to watch moving forward is as guys get older, because this is a very young Brewers team, as guys get older, is that very fun, very loose, 
individuals being able to show who they are? Is that atmosphere going to continue to exist? Or as guys get a little bit older and have been in baseball a while longer, does it start to look like something else? That's something that we can only find out in the years moving forward. And that's not something that I wouldn't even say I'm worried about it, but that's not something that is going to start happening even this year. There's still a lot more youth coming up. And the other side of that is, back to what I was saying before, the Brewers are always going to be a somewhat young team. I think as long as David Stearns is running things, there's going to be the limited ability to sign some of the veterans. There's going to continue to be a desire to be pumping through uh, some top prospects in the organization and bringing them through. So I do think uh, they're going to continue to be a very, very uh, young team. All right, so uh, on the program this week, we are going to be joined by Kyle Lesneski from Brew Crew Ball. But first, let's get to our headlines of the week. It doesn't matter if it's right in the middle of the summer or winter. There's always news about the Brewers. Let's look back at the week that was with Matt's Headlines of the Week. Our Headlines of the Week, we already hit uh, a number of them in our opening uh, segment. The fact that contracts have been uh, agreed upon with catcher Stephen Vogt and pitcher Jeremy Jeffress that Jared Hughes was non-tendered, and four other arbitration-eligible players have been tendered 2018 contracts in Corey Knabel, Jimmy Nelson, Hernan Perez, and also Jonathan VR. Also this week, uh, the team makes a small move as uh, claiming off waivers. And this could be interesting because David Stearns has a really good track record with claiming some guys off waivers and them having uh, some success but uh, they claim Dylan Baker off waivers from the Indians. He took the 40th spot on the 40-man roster. He, at one point, was a top 15 prospect in the Cleveland Indians organization. However, in 2015, he underwent Tommy John surgery. He missed all of 2016. He got as high as A last year. He does have options left, so he could play uh, in minor league ball this upcoming season for the Brewers. But you never know. This is a guy who's a former prospect and certainly could turn into something, so a possible uh, waiver claim that works out well for the Brewers. And then some uh, news that broke on Sunday evening. The Brewers are not going to uh, be in on the Japanese star uh, Shohei Otani. Uh, The Brewers have been informed by the Otani folks that they are not on a list of teams that uh, they are still going to be uh, considering. Sounds like he wants to go to the West Coast. Uh, San Francisco and Seattle are among the teams that have been uh, spoken about, and there should be some sort of uh, resolution to this uh, at some point in the relatively near future, but Otani is not going to be part of the Brewers moving forward. And uh, those are this week's Headlines of the Week. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast, is powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. It is time for our social media conversation. Happy to welcome in a uh, guest that we get on fairly often. He was on a couple months ago, and he's back on today. He is uh, the editor over at uh, Brew Crew Ball. His name is Kyle Lesneski. Kyle, it's always good to talk to you. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. Can't complain when, uh, you know, we've got some beautiful weather like this that we've had all weekend. So how about yourself? Uh, doing well. Now, by the time people are listening to this, I believe the, uh, I think it's going to get cold on Monday. So you're just you're just rubbing it into people, especially people who maybe <laughs> did not get out in it uh, on Saturday and Sunday about the uh, the nice weather we had. And 
it's uh, it's Wisconsin, so we might not see the sun now for another three months. Yeah, I guess I wouldn't be surprised. So had a had a chance to take the kids up to the park and do some running around with the dog and stuff a little bit earlier before the. Uh, for the Packers game, so I'm glad we, if this is going to be the last nice day, I'm glad we got to take advantage of it. All right, let's talk some uh, Brewers off-season action and uh, a little bit of uh, a little bit of news this past week with players who get contracts and players being tendered and non-tendered and so forth. Continues to be a very cold, hot stove really around baseball. And, uh, it seems like maybe the Giancarlo Stanton trade, which could come down at any moment, uh, might, uh, might get things going just a bit more. Uh, every week I seem to ask people in this segment if it seems a little bit slower this year than other years. And everybody tells me, no, just kind of a prisoner of the moment. But I feel like this week, uh, one of the big national narratives has been across baseball. Things are moving a little slower this year than previous years. I guess, A, would you agree with that? And B, what do you think the reason is for that? Um, yeah, no, actually, um, uh, Matthew Trueblood, who's, uh, he writes for Baseball Prospectus Wrigleyville, so his, um, his focus is more on the Cubs, but I follow him on Twitter through the Baseball Prospectus stuff that we do together. And um, he recently tweeted something about how this is the latest into the offseason that it's been since at least uh, 2006, I want to say he said, that there haven't been any significant moves that have taken place so far. Um, when Doug Fister signed his uh, one-year contract last week, um, MLB Trade Rumors tweeted out something that he was their first top 50 free agent to sign a contract so far this winter, and by this point in the winter last year, 14 top 50 hmm. It really is a, a very slow winter, like historically slow, um, it, it seems like. And, um, you know, a lot of people have kind of been saying that the, the holdup with not only Stanton, but with what's going to happen with Otani is kind of, um, you know, what, what's been keeping the market sort of on hold, I guess. You know, a lot of, a lot of stuff will happen once, you know, every, Otani lands somewhere, well, then the market will become probably a little more clear for somebody like Jake Arrieta and you Darvish. And then once those guys kind of have their market squared away, then we'll start seeing, you know, the lesser guys like Alex Cobb and Lance Lynn and Tyler Chatwood, maybe um, some suitors start lining up for them. And um, on the offensive side of the ball, you know, kind of once we figure out what the market's going to look like after um, John Carlos Stanton is out of the picture, it sounds like the Cardinals and the Giants are kind of closing in to having packages finalized to to offer to the Giants, um, or to the Marlins, I should say, excuse me. Uh, now it's just kind of going to be one of those things where it's the ball's in Stanton's court and he has to decide whether or not he's going to approve a trade to one of those places. But, you know, once he's, once he's gone, then we'll probably see the market start heating up for hitters like J.D. Martinez and Eric Hosmer and guys like that. Um, so I, I do kind of, I guess, buy into that. You know, we've got these two real big fish out there, the biggest, the big guys everybody has kind of been talking about here in the early going of the offseason. And once those, once those guys kind of have their markets figured out, I think we'll probably start seeing a little bit more action heading into the, um, heading into the winter meetings here in the next couple of weeks. All right, let's get to uh, players who are going to be back with the uh, Brewers this upcoming season uh, with uh, offers and contracts being signed and also players being tendered. We'll start with the contracts. A couple guys who, you know, everybody out there, you know, you folks at Brew Crew Ball and, of course, of a lot of the other sites have already put together, you know, predictions of tender, non-tender. And a couple guys who were 
really non-tender candidates when you looked around and saw what a lot of people thought were both Stephen Vogt and Jeremy Jeffress. They're going to both be back this year. I personally thought they would be back, but uh, from a from a online standpoint, maybe I was in the uh, the minority there. Let's start with Stephen Vogt. What are your thoughts on? Uh, it's a non-guaranteed deal, so all it really means is he's not a free agent and he'll be uh, in spring training with the Brewers. But what are your thoughts on Vogt uh, getting the contract? Yeah, the, the Brewers' club policy is to not guarantee any of their single-year arbitration deals for any of their players. So really any, any of the players that they'll end up signing to, um, to their contracts for, for 2018, whether that's Stephen Volkter or Corey Knabel, you know, technically their, their contracts aren't going to be guaranteed. But, um, you know, I, I initially didn't really foresee Stephen Volkter coming back, um, given that MLB Trade Rumors, which does their arbitration projections every year, and they're historically pretty accurate. Um, they were pegging him for about a $3.9 million salary in arbitration this year, um, based off his salary from last season. And, um, you know, I, I don't, I obviously don't think the Brewers were very interested in bringing him back at that price based on the fact that the deal that he signed was a, only a meager raise over what he was last year. He'll be earning slightly over $3 million this season, nearly a million dollars less than he was projected to earn in arbitration. Um, so I'm guessing what it was probably was, you know, it, it got down to it, well, you know, you can, you can take this deal and sign this deal now or we're going to non-tender you because we don't want to go to arbitration. Um, so I guess I, I'm not super surprised that Volk was willing to um, – you know, willing to sign the contract and take the, I guess, more sure thing after he went through the process of being DFA'd and put on waivers last winter and or last season during the year. And, um, you know, he sounds like he really likes it in Milwaukee. Him and his, him and his wife both praised the city after they signed the deal, saying that this is where they wanted to be. And, um, you know, he, he's a nice veteran presence to have in the clubhouse. It's, it's always nice to have a power bat, left-handed guy who can – who can play behind the plate and play catcher. And um, obviously the, the defensive deficiencies that he kind of showed um, down the stretch last year are, are a concern. And um, I think that's part of the reason he knows that it's a concern. He admitted that his throwing is something that he's going to need to work on and focus on heavily this winter. And I think that's probably part of the reason why he was willing to take, I guess, a, a substantial cut from what he was projected to receive in arbitration in order to go into spring training and know that he's going to have a, a legitimate shot to make the opening day roster for the Brewers next year. Jeremy Jeffress gets a deal worth $1.7 million plus a, uh, and it includes a $50,000 signing bonus. There's also club options in 2019 for about $3.2 million, 2020 for $4.3 million. Another guy a lot of people thought would maybe not be back. To me, he's at his best numbers with the Brewers, and they've, they've had issues you know, finding consistent bullpen guys. It makes a lot of sense to me to bring Jeremy Jeffress back. He just seems most comfortable as a member of the Brewers. Your initial thoughts on the deal, a one-year contract with a couple club options, which especially that second-year option, the $4.3 million in 2020, I have a hard time believing uh, that's going to be a good value when it comes up to that. Uh, but there's some incentives in there as well. Your thoughts on uh, on the Jeffress deal? Yeah, I think kind of similar to the the contract that Volk signed, it was probably uh, well, you know, you can take this deal or we're going to non tender you because we don't want to go to arbitration. Um, Jeffress was projected to receive two point six million dollars, so similar to Volk, you know, signed a signed a contract for nearly a million dollars less than he was projected to receive through the arbitration process. Um, 
you know, Jeffress is an interesting guy. He's obviously had a, a pretty significant history of success with the Brewers. Um, you know, that, that 365 ERA that he posted in the second half after the Brewers uh, reacquired him from Texas kind of belies um, some poor peripherals that he, he posted after rejoining the Brewers. Um, his whip was around 1.6, which is kind of right around where it was with Texas. Um, his walk rate was 5.5 per nine innings. Uh, he missed a little bit more, um, missed a couple more bats while he was with the Brewers, um, but that's, you know, never really been his forte. Uh, I, with the deal that he signed and everything, I, I don't believe that the Brewers are, are bringing him in hoping that he's going to be, you know, this lights-out closer, the guy that they were able to get a pretty significant package for with Jonathan Lucroy when they traded him in 2016. Um, but I think what they're kind of hoping for is, you know, maybe he can be 2018's version of what Jared Hughes was this season, a, a nice ground ball specialist, the guy you can put in the middle innings and who's going to go out and, and pitch a decent game for you and more often than not, hopefully not uh, not put anything out of reach or anything like that. Um, the club option angle, I think, is, is a little bit interesting. It gives the Brewers some cost certainty going forward and, um, you know, buys out the last couple of years of arbitration for Jeffers if they choose to keep him around. Um, as you said, you know, it, it might be a little bit difficult to imagine them exercising the um, – the $4.3 million option in a couple of years, especially he'll be around 33 at that time. And, you know, who knows what he'll do in the next couple of seasons. And um, it, It's nice to see, uh, I guess, from, from the ownership standpoint and front office standpoint, David Stearns has, has made a pretty liberal use of club options. Um, another thing that they included in the Chase Anderson contract, which can help mitigate the club's risk because it, you know, it it gives you that financial certainty going into a season and going into an off season and everything like that. But at the same time, you know, if Jeffress isn't very good next season, they can, you know, kind of just let him walk and they won't owe him anything or anything like that. And you know, same thing with Chase Anderson. Not after this, after the first two years on his contract, if you know he doesn't pitch up to snuff and isn't going to make his last arbitration here. The Brewers can kind of let him walk the same way and get off the deal pretty much scot-free. So um, it's, it's certainly interesting to see how David Stearns has kind of structured structured the extensions that he's handed out this winter um, to the guys that he's given them, given them to. And I think going forward, that's probably going to be um, going to be a, a good business practice for him to try and, and keep up with as, as he starts considering some longer-term deals for other guys within the core as, as uh, you know, Orlando RC is a guy who's, whose name has been tossed around a little bit. Same with Travis Shaw. And um, anytime from a club aspect that you can – give a guy a deal and, and know that you can have him at this discounted price, but even if he doesn't pitch up to that discounted price, you can let him go. It, it certainly puts the risk a lot more on the player's side than it does for the club. We're talking with Kyle Lesneski from, uh, from Brew Crew Ball. And, um, the one, look, they, they're not going to bring everybody back. The one individual that does not get non-tendered is Jared Hughes. His overall numbers were fine with the Brewers. Uh, he had some Bad moments that I think people remember during periods of the year where the bullpen, especially, was struggling. I, there, I, you know, I he was nice in the clubhouse, but I'm not bothered by Jared Hughes not being back. What say you on Hughes? Um, I mean, I guess I'm not. It's not the biggest deal. Like, all, he's a middle reliever ultimately. Um, I think 
I think what it might have come down to was they probably offered a similar contract to him and a similar contract to Jeremy Jeffress. They're both pretty pretty similar pitchers, uh, ground ball specialist guys, guys that you're going to have in more of your middle innings than guys you want to trust in high leverage situations right now. Um, so I can see why they would only really be interested in bringing one of those guys back and, and trying to keep the redundancies on the roster a little limited. Um, but re- really, I mean, Hughes was he might have had the best season of his career last year. He was uh, he had a 3.02 ERA over about 58 innings. Um, he had the highest strikeout rate of his career. Uh, his deserved run average, um, which is a, an ERA estimator that's created through baseball prospectus, um, said that he was about 20% better than the league average pitcher last season. Um, he, he really had a, a very strong performance, and for 2.2 million dollars, I guess I guess I was a little surprised that the Brewers didn't even tender him. To the deal, knowing that you know, like with Vogt and with Jeffress and with any of these arbitration eligible guys, you can bring them into spring training, and you know if they don't look like they're going to make the team out of spring training, you can you can let them go and before the regular season begins and only be on the hook for um, for whatever the prorated portion of the termination pay is. So I guess I was a little bit surprised that that they weren't willing to do that with him. Um, you know, I guess shows that. Maybe they value that open 40-man roster spot a little bit more right now than they do um, the sort of depth that Hughes kind of provides. And, you know, maybe maybe it's something that intimates that they've got, you know, other bullpen moves sort of in the works. And, and if they're able to sign, you know, a, a guy or any number of guys, that Hughes might have been the guy on the chopping block that they weren't planning on bringing back anyway. So... You know, Hughes was really great last year. It would have been great to see him to see him come back and, and get a chance to compete in spring training. But, you know, if they're going to bring back Jeremy Jeffers, I guess it's not really that big of a deal to not bring back Jared Hughes. So I, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. And I'm sure Jared Hughes will land on his feet in free agency after the year that he had this year, too. So Contracts tendered to Corey Knable, Jimmy Nelson, Hernan Perez. Jonathan VR uh, for Cadable and Nelson that was slam dunk. You know you knew they were going to do that. The only question is, can they get those guys locked into some some long term deals moving forward? I guess the injury to Nelson makes that a little bit more complicated than with Cadable. Uh, uh, to me, there was never a question on Aaron Perez. He is the Craig Council player on that team. Can play in so many uh, different positions. Want to spend some time on Jonathan VR. So before we get to VR, Cadable, Nelson, Perez. Do you have any thoughts on on any of those guys beyond basically what I just said? Um, no, not really. Like you said, um, even even with the, Nel- or the Nelson injury, he was pretty much a no brainer. Um, you know, they weren't they weren't obviously going to let Corey Knable go after his amazing season. And um, you know, as you mentioned, Hernan Perez maybe not the most productive player, but he's certainly one of Council's favorites and. Um, it makes sense to, to bring him back on for, you know, about $2.2 million or so is about what he's projected. So um, for a, a utility guy who can play infield, outfield, provide a little bit of pop and, and is surprisingly good on defense at all the various positions that he plays, um, not, a, not a bad guy to have back on that deal for sure. All right, and then Jonathan VR. He does get tendered. Uh, on the on the tweet that was sent out, he was listed as second baseman Jonathan VR. They didn't list him, you know, as infield, outfield, or anything the way they do with Hernan Perez. Uh, we we still don't know what's going to happen with the second base position going forward uh, with the Brewers. VR is is back. I guess there's still a chance that uh, he could get moved at some point. But this, I mean, 
of every single thing with this team right now, isn't Jonathan VR maybe the, the biggest mystery or the biggest question mark going into next year? Um, yeah, I would say more so second base, I guess, is the position right now that at least on the offensive side of the ball has the most question marks around it. Um, I, I'm not surprised at all that they that they brought VR back for 2018, that they tendered him a contract. I don't really think that that was, that that was much um, up in the air. He was really a, a truly outstanding performer in, in 2016. And um, he actually, you know, showed a little bit of life down the stretch. He ended up hitting 285 in the second half. Um, you know, showed a little bit of life, hopefully bring some momentum going in 2018. But, um, you know, I certainly don't think that, this should be the end of the moves that the Brewers make at second base. Um, I, I wouldn't. I would hope that they're still going to kind of explore the market, and if they can get, um, you know, a reasonable value contract for a guy like Eduardo Nunez or Neil Walker, um, you know, those are some certainly some guys who could be fits on the free agent market right now. Um, as far as trade upgrades go, you know, D. Gordon and Cesar Hernandez are probably the two most prominent second basemen out there on the trade market. Um, Hernandez is a guy who I'd probably have a little more interest in than Gordon, but um, I, I don't know that David Stearns is going to be willing to give up, you know, enormous packages for either guys or anything like that. Um, you know, VR is an, is an interesting cat, and it'll be interesting to see now that they have not only VR and Perez back, but they've also got Sogard still in the picture. Um, if they go out and do bring in somebody else to play second base, they're not going to have room for all of these guys on the roster, especially considering that, um, you know, Jesus Aguilar is still hanging around too, and he's he's only that, that one position guy at first base. So right now it's, it's kind of difficult to see how they're going to – formulate the bench for next season because if you think about it you know they, they've got Manny Pena and um, Steven Volk one of those guys is going to be the backup catcher um, they've got Perez and Sogard and VR and one of those guys that I guess at this point is going to be your starting second baseman um, and then they'll have um, you know between Phillips and Brinson and Braxton in center field so not not all those guys are going to be able to make the opening day roster, and um, I guess right now without any other additions, I would think that that final spot is going to be down to maybe either Keon Broxton or Lewis Brinson, somebody who's going to platoon in center field with um, with Brett Phillips. But you know it'll be interesting to see because if the Brewers do go out and and make another addition over the winter and and bring in somebody who can you know really fortify that second base position, somebody a little more proven than than the three guys that they have in the picture right now, they're going to have some tough roster decisions to make as far as you know what what the future of somebody like Jesus Aguilar might be as a as a one position guy off the bench. All right, so let's really simplify this. Is there room on the twenty five man roster for Eric Sogard, Jonathan VR, and a you know, second baseman to be named later. I I don't think so. No, if they're gonna if they're gonna add a second baseman, one of Perez, um, Sogard, or VR is not not going to be able to be in the picture. And you know, I guess one thing that's kind of crossed my mind is you know we've seen the Brewers do a little bit of manipulation of the disabled list before and and put guys on the on the DL with some injuries that kind of make you you know scratch your chin a little bit um 
thinking back to uh, Willie Peralta's various disabled listings <laughs> last year before they've, you know, ultimately he finally did cut ties with him. Um, so, you know, maybe maybe that situation pops up in spring training and, you know, we've got a, a week before camp breaks and all of a sudden somebody's got a sore knee or a sore ankle or something like that. And, you know, throughout the course of the regular season, somebody's going to get hurt and there will be opportunities to kind of shuffle guys on and off that disabled list. But, the fact that neither Perez nor VR nor Sogard nor Aguilar, none of those guys have any minor league options. They have to be they have to be either on the big league roster or on the disabled list unless they get put on waivers. You know, kind of, kind of makes things a little bit um, a little bit difficult to to forecast right now to see how everything's going to play out. Yeah, it's funny. I said something last year on one of my post game shows where you know there was a tough roster decision coming up. It might have been one of the Willie Peralta times on the DL. It might have been a Garza to the DL, but it was it was one of the times where a guy's going on the DL. And I made kind of this you know just flippant comment. Well, they might you know they might find an injury and a guy might end up on the disabled list. And somebody came to me and said they don't do that. And I don't I don't think they make up injuries, but I think they take guys who are banged up and are banged up at a level where they could stay active and continue to play, but they're able to use that injury as a reason to put somebody on the disabled list. And that's, that's you know, they're not breaking rules. As long as there is an injury there, you know, it's not, it, they, they can put somebody on disabled list for any injury they want as long as there's some sort of injury there. But you, you make a good point, Kyle, that that does happen in baseball. And I think the Brewers definitely do it where, when there's a tough decision to be made, if there's somebody who isn't performing lately and they've got, you know, a sore bicep or something that generally wouldn't force them onto the DL, they use that at times to move them to the DL. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, for a team like the Brewers, um, the, their depth, their level of, of depth is one thing that's kind of been crucial to their success. So um, they, they obviously don't seem very willing at times to expose guys to waivers and stuff like that and you know we've we've seen guys like uh lewis brinson and and brett phillips oftentimes last year kind of got shuffled back and forth between the minors and majors so that they could avoid having to put a guy like um a guy like peralta on waivers to make room for for a different roster spot or something like that and um, you know, I, I don't think that's something that we're going to see stop at all. And, you know, maybe even as, as you know, more and more of these prospects kind of come up to the big league level, I think that'll be a way that, that David Stearns and his staff kind of uses that disabled list and stuff like that in order to, to build up their depth and, and make sure they're covered in any kind of situation without having to expose any of these guys to getting plucked off waivers by other teams or anything like that. All right, let me finish you off with this. Uh, each of the last two years, David Stearns has made a uh, has, you know made a claim in the offseason that has worked out real well. A couple years ago, uh, it was your boy, Junior Guerra. And, yeah, Junior Guerra. And then uh, this past year, Jesus Aguilar. Uh, this past Monday, they claim right-handed pitcher Dylan Baker off waivers from the Indians. Uh, he's somebody who came up as a as a top prospect, uh, but has been dealing with injuries recently. Uh, what is the chance that Dylan Baker is the guy this upcoming season that ends up putting together a really, really good season? And we all go, ah, David Stearns is a genius. Yeah, you know, Baker is a really interesting cat. Um, as you mentioned, has dealt with a lot of injuries, uh, kind of similar to Taylor Williams, missed a couple of almost two full seasons of um, of action after uh, undergoing Tommy John surgery, was able to get back on the mound. Um, so I want to say maybe through about 
18 or so innings last season between a couple of affiliates, just kind of rehabbing sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, he's a he's a guy who's got a really compelling profile for uh, for a relief pitcher. Uh, his fastball's been clocked as high as 99 miles an hour. Um, he throws a slider that gets up in that 88, 89 miles an hour range. And I've read reports that that's a plus plus 70 grade pitch on the on the 2080 scale. Um, you know, I've I've seen some things that he's got a change up to, and that change up could be a decent enough pitch. Um, He's he's got a starter's build. Uh, he's a, he's a little bit of a bigger, more physical guy. He's thrown as many as 143 or so innings in a minor league season previously. Um, given the fact that he's missed a lot of time with surgery, I'm guessing the Brewers are probably going to look at him more so as a reliever. Um, but the really interesting thing about Baker is that the Indians exposed him to waivers with a minor league option remaining. So it's not like a thing where the Brewers pick this guy up off waivers and then, you know, they've got to make a decision on him in spring training, similar to how they did with, with Jesus Aguilar last year. Um, if he comes into spring training and, you know, he's not maybe fully healthy or still needs a little bit of time down in the minor leagues to, to get his feet back underneath him, the Brewers will be able to send him to the minors and, and let him, you know, get his arm in the right shape. And, and he's certainly a guy, you know, kind of um, – he, he feels a little bit like uh, like an Adrian Hauser sort to me, you know, probably not a guy who's going to make the team and opening day and, and break camp with the team, but a guy who's going to, you know, go down in the minor leagues and, and if he shows that he's healthy and able to throw strikes, could be a weapon for the team to call up at some point in the summer and, and um, you know, maybe mow down some guys in, in middle relief and work his way into a, a nice setup role. Um I've read some some really great reports on Baker that that say that he could have a future as a as a dynamic um, dynamic reliever at the back end of the bullpen, and you know it'll just be up to the Brewers now to um, to have their medical staff make sure he's all checked out, and if they can keep him in game shape, and you know we'll see if Derek Johnson can work with him and, and make a couple of tweaks like he has with a lot of other guys and and find some success. But you know Baker's certainly got the tools to 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 be a guy who can be a force out of the bullpen and, you know, just another guy you can add to the mix of, of Knable and, and Hader and Jacob Barnes who can run it up to the plate at 98-plus miles an hour. And that's certainly certainly an exciting thought for, you know, going into the 2018 season, have a lot of guys at the back end of your bullpen who can just come in and, and blow guys away. You and your crew, no pun intended, are continuing to just crank out uh, great content over at uh, Brew Crew Ball. Take me through uh, what's going on over there right now and uh, what people can uh, expect to see. Um, What we've kind of been focusing on recently, talked a lot about um, the arbitration decisions leading into last week's arbitration, you know, tender decision. Um, and deadline for the Brewers. So we talked. We've been talking a lot about that. Um, but as we kind of get more deeper into the off season here, we're gonna, um, you know, start diving a little bit more into various free agent targets and trade targets for the Brewers. And um, one of our writers has kind of started working on an extension candidate series, and you know, guys, guys who could profile as you know players who might be interested in signing long term deals with the Brewers and what those deals might look like based on what previous players have signed for and. Um, Pretty soon here, we're also going to get into our top prospect voting for 2018. Um, every year, we put together our 
we put we kind of go through all the various lists out there and we we put out voting each day for about a month or so and we vote on you know who the community top 30 prospects are so that'll that's always um a lot of fun to go through and, and see the various debates that form about you know prospects x y and z in the in the comments section and within the community and it always always creates a lot of spirited discussions for sure well, always appreciate it. Encourage everybody to uh, check out everything going on at uh, Brew Crew Ball. Kyle, good stuff, and uh, we'll talk to you again here uh, in another couple months. It's gonna; these next two months are gonna be fun, and we'll see what the Brewers look like uh, the next time we talk to you. Yeah, sounds great. Always appreciate the opportunity to come on and chat some baseball with you. That was Kyle Lesneski, and that is just about gonna do it for this edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. As always, thanks so much for uh, being tuned in. If you do have any comments on the podcast in general or something that we talked about, feel free to uh, drop us a line. You can tweet at me uh, either via an actual tweet or uh, a direct message, although I always enjoy the uh, direct tweets or the uh, the actual tweets. That way uh, we can respond and, and kind of start maybe a conversation that involves others as well. But anyways, no matter what you want to do, the Twitter handle is at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y, or drop me an email, matt.pauley at WTMJ.com, and we will talk to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.